Welcome to the Christian Life Church Podcast. We hope that you enjoy and are encouraged by this week's message. And if so, we would love for you to visit clcwinnipeg.ca to get further connected with our ministry, to submit a prayer request, or to find out how you can take the next step in your relationship with Jesus Christ. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Christian Life Church Winnipeg. And we pray that you would be blessed through the message you're about to hear. Hi, once again, my name is Pastor Scott, and I want to bring a word to you today that I have titled, I Just Can't Win. And this is part of our series called Just in Time, which is based on the book of Esther. So today we're going to be looking at Esther chapter 3. So if you want to turn your Bibles there, if you have them, or pull it up on your phone, we are going to be talking about that. But first, I want to tell you a little story. Since COVID-19 started and stay-at-home orders have been in place and we've been working from home, part of what I've been trying to do to just like stay sane and keep my wits about me and just have some kind of routine in my life is to go for a walk every day. I'm trying to get my 10,000 step goal in and, you know, gyms are closed, so I think just being out and doing something is important. I might not end up looking like Chris Hemsworth as Thor, but at least I won't look like Thor in Endgame or anything. And so I've been going through for these walks and the other day I was walking through this Assiniboine Forest. It's beautiful and I just love being out in nature and just spending time in prayer and listening to podcasts and music and just kind of having some time to think. But as we were going through the big spring melt a couple weeks ago, I decided one day that I was going to go off the path that was relatively dry and go onto this path. Now, this path seemed like it was pretty dry from what I could tell. There was no big puddles that I could see, but I decided to go off the regular path. This particular path is about a kilometer long. I was, I could see the exit. I could see the end, but I decided to go a different way that I'd never gone before. And you know, when you're walking, there's nothing worse than walking with wet shoes. And I was trying to keep my shoes dry as much as I could, working as hard as I could to stay out of puddles. And I was going down this other path, this alternate path, and I was going fine for the first while until I ran into some mud, ran into some puddles. And so this is actually what it looked like. I was completely surrounded by a lake of water and I was trying to jump from dry spot to dry spot and just keep my feet dry and keep moving. It didn't work. My feet were soaked. I was so frustrated. This had added like a good 20 minutes to my walk, just trying to get through all of this. And then eventually at the end, I just ran into the biggest ditch of water that I couldn't cross. And I was just so frustrated because what I had planned did not work out. I think it's safe to say that we have all had things go off track in the last little bit. I know for me in December of 2019, I was filled with so much hope and excitement for what this new decade was going to bring. And now everything has stopped and we're all stuck at home and it doesn't feel like the way that we thought it would. So I don't know about you, but there are things in my life that I thought were going to happen that just didn't. And I'm sure that's the same for all of us. In fact, I'm actually just going to have a quick change of scenery here, but we would love to hear what it is that maybe you thought was going to happen that didn't. Maybe there's something that you're feeling loss over. Maybe something that you 
we're just looking forward to that didn't. What, what has changed in your life since COVID-19 hit and since everything was disrupted? Let us know in the comments. So as we continue on in the book of Esther, we come to chapter three, and this is really where things get real in this chapter. At the end of chapter two, we find out that Mordecai had discovered a conspiracy to kill King Xerxes. Now in chapter three, we see that Mordecai's rival Haman is promoted to a position of power within the kingdom. So at the beginning of chapter three in verse one, it says, after these events, King Xerxes honored Haman the Agagite, elevating him and giving him a seat of honor higher than that of all the other nobles. All the royal officials at the king's gate knelt down and paid honor to Haman, for the king had commanded this concerning him. But Mordecai would not kneel down or pay him honor. And then Mordecai is confronted by the king's officials, and he says basically that he will not bow down in front of Haman because he serves the one true and living God. And Haman is so filled with rage at this, and we see exactly what Haman is full of, that he's a wicked man. But it doesn't really make sense because Mordecai had just done a good thing. Mordecai had saved the king's life. He had uncovered this conspiracy. Things should be going really well for him. But instead what happens is that Haman actually decides that he wants to get rid of Mordecai. And not only Mordecai, he wants to get rid of all of the Jewish people living in Persia. And you might be thinking, that doesn't make sense. That's, that's an extreme reaction. Why on earth would he do that? Well, Charles Swindle addresses this in a quote. He wrote, now wait a minute, what's going on here? Mordecai's the one who saved the king's life, right? Mordecai's the one who told Esther, who then told the king, Mordecai is the one who uncovered the plot and saved the king's life. So why is Haman getting the promotion? I forgot to tell you, life's not only painful, it's also unfair. Perhaps you are thinking right now that you will be promoted because you have worked the hardest. You have come up with the big ideas. You are the one who's done the most for your boss. Therefore, it's only right that you be given that special position you've been anticipating. Well, be prepared. It probably won't happen. I'm not trying to be pessimistic, just realistic. Wrong happens because life isn't fair. Why? Because of evil. When righteousness rules, justice reigns. But when evil lurks in a heart, injustice follows. And that's exactly what happens when Haman, of all people, is advanced, given authority, and promoted. Haman in this passage was displaying exactly what was in his heart. He was displaying that he was a wicked man and there was darkness within his heart. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So we see what Haman's heart was full of, that there was no fruit of the Spirit coming through. There was no life and joy coming out. Instead, it was just darkness and revenge and desire to see people suffer because of his own pride. So Mordecai, in what should have been a great day for him, it quickly turns into the worst days of his life. And I can't help but imagine the weight that he felt as he realized that it was his actions that were responsible for 
what was going to be the elimination of his people. And so Haman says to his officials, okay, we're going to come together and cast lots to find out which day that we're going to carry out this wicked deed. And they decide that a year from then that they're going to get rid of all the Jewish people in Persia. So Mordecai now has a year to act on that. And we're going to see later on what happened. But for now, I, I can't even imagine what that grieving process must have felt like for him. How quickly he went from this high of saving the king's life to the very lows of knowing that he was going to be the one who brought this injustice onto his people. And to a less extreme extent, I think that's a little bit of what we're experiencing. Like I said, in December of 2019, we were looking at this new decade, thinking about all the hope that it would bring and all of the good things that might come out of it. And within just a few months, that was all taken away from us. And I remember the day that everything changed. I was sitting in a Starbucks and the news stories broke out that Tom Hanks had tested positive for coronavirus and the NBA and then soon after the NHL were canceled. And those are just things that entertained us and that I looked forward to the NBA playoffs every year and now it's all up in the air. And all of a sudden it seemed that everything was real with the coronavirus here in Canada. And soon after all of that, we had this new vocabulary that became part of our everyday lives, referring to it as quarantine and talking about social distancing and COVID-19, coronavirus, and all of these things that just became a new part of our reality. And we've been in this waiting period of sorts where we're just waiting to find out when life is going to return back to normal. And through that, there's been a grieving process of what we thought was going to be that didn't pan out. During this time of social distancing, we, we had Easter. And it looked very different this year from years past as we celebrated it from our homes and as we watched church online. But during the Easter season, I was reminded of what it must have been like for the disciples. The day before Good Friday, they probably woke up thinking that life was great. They were walking with Jesus. They were learning more about what it was like to live in the kingdom of God. They had the most amazing teacher that's ever walked the earth. And they thought that one day he was going to be an earthly Messiah that would deliver them from the hands of the Romans. And they quickly discovered that wasn't really true. That's not what Jesus had come for. And Jesus is taken from them and he's hung on a cross and then he's gone. And I just thought of what it must have been like for them the day after Jesus died. The fog that they must have been in and the, the doubt that they must have been experiencing as they realized that everything they had worked for the last three years was gone. And they were wrong. That Jesus was not going to be the one who led them out from the hand of the Romans. The disciples had everything change. Mordecai had everything change. And for a lot of us, everything has changed. Sometimes God lets us go through bad things and it doesn't feel fair at all. So I want to talk about three different people's responses in the Easter weekend. And then I want to talk about Mordecai and how that applies to us. So we talked a little bit about different people and the responses that they had in their own tragedies. So first I want to talk to you about Peter. Peter was one of Jesus' best friends. And he says right before Jesus is taken away that he will never deny Jesus. And Jesus tells him that he's wrong and that he's going to deny Peter three times. And Peter does. 
before the sun even comes up the next day, Peter has denied his best friend, his rabbi, his teacher, three times and said that he doesn't even know him. But God was actually able to use Peter's inadequacy and Peter became the leader and the founder of the church. And at the beginning of Acts, we see him deliver a message where 3,000 people are brought to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And second, we have Thomas. I've always felt pretty bad for Thomas because I think that he has a reputation as being someone who doubted, who doubted the return of Jesus. But I think it's totally fair. Thomas was actually the only one who hadn't seen Jesus, who had seen no evidence of him. But the reality is that Thomas, even though he had this moment of doubt that I think we all can relate to, he went on to do great things for the kingdom, just like Peter and just like all of Jesus' other disciples. And third, we have John. Messed up that end a little bit, that's okay. John, right before Jesus died, was given the task by Jesus to take care of Jesus' mother, Mary. Now, Mary was a widow at the time, and Jesus, as the eldest son, would have had to take care of her. But as he was seeing his life come to an end, he recognized that John would have to be the one to come and step in and take care of his mom. So John now not only had lost his best friend and his rabbi, but he also had the responsibility of another person to take care of. But John as well was blessed, and he was able to drive forward the mission of the gospel with a long, blessed life of ministry. I would say that for all three of these particular people, they were having a bad day. They had just all experienced the loss of their friend, their leader. But God in each of their stories was able to redeem it and was able to use them for greater things and to bring him glory and to advance the kingdom of heaven here on earth. And when it felt like they just couldn't win, God was still able to redeem their stories because God is a redeemer. And God loves to be able to take our brokenness and to be able to take our burdens and to actually use that to be able to advance his cause and bring glory to himself through us here on earth. But now let's go back and I want to talk to you about Mordecai. So Mordecai, without a doubt, had a very bad day. He had been passed over for a promotion that should have been his and he tried to honor his God by not bowing down to Haman. And once again, that goes bad. But what Mordecai realized, and what I think makes him special in this story, is that he realized he still had a year to act. He still had a year to make things good again. So he goes to his cousin Esther, who is now the king's wife and in the king's presence and would have some level of influence. And he goes to work making a plan to make things good again. And so I wonder right now, what is it that we need to do? We have some time and this is not going to be forever. What is it that we can be doing right now that's going to help us later on? So I think there's a few things that we can learn from these stories. First off, I wanna be clear and say that I don't think that God ever causes anything evil to happen. We know that God is good and holy and just. And so I think that God can certainly redeem situations, but we don't, blame God for things like a coronavirus. We don't say that he put this into place so that something greater could be accomplished. This only happens because we live in a broken and a fallen world. We think that 
we believe that things that are bad like this happen because people are here and because the world is broken and fallen and there is a sinful nature to it. And just like Charles Swindoll said, when evil exists, life is going to continue to be unfair. But God is still able to use that because God is a redeemer. Because God can take dead things and make them alive. Just like Pastor Jim was talking about last Sunday. And he can take broken things and make them whole. And he can take bad things and turn them for good. And we've had such a powerful example of the brokenness of this world come into the forefront of our minds and our conversations this past week surrounding the video that came out of Minneapolis of what happened to George Floyd. And I certainly can't sit here and pretend that like, I have all the answers, but I do know that the church should be at the forefront of those conversations. Throughout history, the church has had a vital role in fighting against injustice. And it may feel like we sitting here in our homes can't do anything, but what we can do is pray for those who are hurting. We can have open and honest conversations with those around us. And we can call out injustice when we see it. When Jesus was here, he called out systems of injustice. He called out those who were putting other in harm's way for their own political gain. And he gave us a mandate, and that mandate has not changed, that we should act as Jesus did. And we are to be ones who bring hope to a fallen and broken world. And I think it's so powerful that we're talking about a person like Mordecai in this time. Because Mordecai realized this great injustice was going to be carried out in his own time. But he did not stand idly by. Instead, Mordecai took action and he found the people who could actually enact change in this situation. And so he goes to his cousin Esther and he pleads for her help. And he begins to enact change so that his people will not be oppressed and they will not have to deal with the injustice that is going to be carried out upon them. Mordecai, in what was going to be a very bad day, does not stand idly by. He does not take the spot of a spectator, but he springs into action. And God is able to work through him to redeem that story. So if you feel like you just can't win recently, what is it that God might be doing in that time? How might God be redeeming that? First off, I think that God can teach us. So for an example, I talked about going down this path a little earlier. Now I know it rained earlier today. So on the day that I'm filming this, I am not going to walk down that path and I'm going to continue on the straight path that I know and can see is dry. I think there are lots of opportunities for us to learn during COVID-19. Maybe you need to learn how to rest or to connect with your kids better, or you need to learn about finances or getting spiritual practices in place, whatever that may be. I don't know what it is for you, but I hope that you're taking some of this time that we have where we can't do as much to be learning. And I'm sympathetic to the fact that we're not all going to respond to this the same. And you might need to do what's best for you. But for some of us, we need to actually take this opportunity to grow. I think that God also can use things like this to form us. Maybe this is a time for you to actually grow in your intimacy with God. And ultimately, God is going to use this time for his glory. 
But that is something that we can actually participate in and that we can enjoy the fullness and the life and the peace and the joy of God's glory here on earth now. So I have two challenges for you. Maybe you have never accepted Jesus. Maybe you've never become a follower of Jesus, but something in you has just been stirring and you feel like God might be speaking to you and you're actually looking for hope. I want to offer to you today that God is a redeemer and that whatever it is that you're going through, that God can redeem that situation. Because God understands. God isn't just sitting in the sky looking down at us scornfully. God actually sent his son to walk among us, to experience what it was like to be human and to actually lay down his life for us so that we can live in hope and in freedom here on earth knowing that there are promises that God has given to us that stand forever. And we can rest assured knowing that each time that we don't measure up, each time that we struggle or we stumble, that God is going to be there to pick us back up. He's going to forgive us and he is going to give us life that is abundant and free. And if you make that choice today, there's actually a link in our description where you can just tell us that you want to become a follower of Jesus and we would love to follow up with you to pray for you, and to see how we can help you in that journey. But if you're already a follower of Jesus, I want to ask, how might God be redeeming this situation? In tough times, I always look forward to being able to look back and to see what God did in that season. That's some of the hope that I'm able to hold on to. So what is it that you're able to hold on to? What, what is it that God is going to do for you? What might God be asking you to do? Well, let's pray. God, thank you that you don't leave us where we are. That when we are broken and when we are confused and when we feel like there's nothing we can do to win, Lord, that we can look to you and see that you already have victory. That you have already beaten all of the hardships of this world and that you offer us hope and freedom and joy. God, I pray that we would be open to receive that today and we just invite Holy Spirit to come and to fill us and to walk beside us. Speak to us, Lord. Right here in our homes, from wherever it is that we are watching this service, I pray that you would speak to us. In your name we pray, amen.